Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I tell you what, we're probably going to sit down a lot of today for this service. But for this first one, why don't we stand up and get our legs stretched? And uh, if you don't mind, we're going to sit because we got uh, the mic set that way. <laughs> so let's do. Let's sing "Mighty to Save." Here we go. Ready? Let's see. One, two, three, four. Sing it with us. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. conquered the grave so take me as you find me all my fears and failures and fill my life to follow everything I believe in now I surrender I surrender Savior He can move the mountains my God is mighty to save He is mighty to save salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave come on sing it again oh savior he can move the mountains my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation and conquer the grave Jesus conquered the grave Shut your light and let the whole world see I'm singing for the glory the risen King Jesus shine your light and let the whole world see we're singing for the glory of the risen King now bring it down here we go Savior he can move the mountain my God is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Conquered 
singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Come on up. Hey, can you turn my guitar down in my monitor just a little bit there? It's ringing. Y'all can have a seat. All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We're so glad that you are here to worship with us this morning. And if you're a guest with us, I want to let you know this is not our normal setup. We normally don't have concrete and cranes uh, going on around us, but um, we had VBS this past week. It was an incredible week. I just want to thank all of our volunteers. Y'all did an amazing job. I think we should give them a hand. And so we want to say thank you. And so speaking about guests, we'd love to get to know you if this is your first time here. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is through that guest card in front of you. If you could just take that and fill it out. This is a great thing for you to do because it lets us know who you are and we can get information to you. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, at the end of our service, what you can do with that card is go to the Welcome Center. There's a black box. You can drop that in or you can hand it to a pastor. We've got a small gift for you for coming and being part of our service this morning. So, Todd, do, it, do I get a chair or? or sure. No, nah, just kidding. Come on, you can wear the hard hat. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're doing a little bit of an unplugged service just because of the setup, but um, I know sometimes Sundays can be such a hustle and bustle to get here. And so I just want to take a moment for us to pause and to remember why we're here and what we're going to be doing. So if we could just bow our heads, be silent for just a moment, I'll pray and we'll continue to worship together as a family. Father, you're good. And God, this week we've just celebrated your goodness and how you have started a good work in us. And Lord, you'll, you'll continue it to the day of Christ Jesus when he returns. We thank you for that truth. We hold on to that promise. And today we celebrate together as one body this truth. We thank you for it all in Jesus' good name. Amen. skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned I only know at his right hand stands one who is my savior I take him at his word and to save me this I read. and in my heart I find a need for him to be my savior that he would leave his place on high and come for sinful man to die Count it strange, so once did I before I knew my Savior. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My living, dying, let me bring my strength, my solace from this spring that he who lived to be my king once died to be my savior 
that he would leave his place on high and come for sinful men to die. You counted strange, so once did I. Before I knew my Savior, my Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior so is there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He is always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. so cool to be able to do this this way you know of course like we said we've got the vbs musical tonight and so um we uh we try to do kind of an unplugged set just so we don't have to like tear everything down and put it back and you know and twice and so uh is his guitar on are you on oh okay uh so anyway there we go so uh, oh so let me introduce him this is this is andy gibson the guy with the best guitar name andy gibson so, and get this, okay, so he and I both play Taylors. We decided that we were separated at birth, he and I. We like the same stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, this is cool. So we play Taylor. So he marries a, a girl named Taylor, and now her name is Taylor Gibson. Is that, like, the best? I, I'm thinking, man, you guys need to have a son and name him Martin Taylor Gibson. You'd have it all covered. <laughs> Guitar humor. Okay. So, all right. Uh, but this is fun. I love it. Just feel like when we do this, it feels like we're just kind of all gathered around in, in this really big living room and just uh, singing songs about our Lord and praising his name like this one. Here we go. Ready? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The sinishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. Now you sing it. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. Amen. We are healed by your sacrifice. In the life that you gave, we are healed for you paid the price. By your grace we are saved, we are saved. 
was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are He was crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. And by his wounds, by his wounds. Sing it. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. He was a good, good father. stories of what they think you're like but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers. Far and wide, but I'm known. We're all searching for answers. Only you provide, cause you know just what we need before we say, uh, Come on, stand up, let's sing it together. Good, good Father, it's who you are. It's who you are. That's it. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Because you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. speak in peace so 
unexplainable I, I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still in the love Come on, sing it again. You're a good, you're perfect in all your ways. I'm loving you. are perfect in all of your ways. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, Lord, we come before you this morning just declaring that our identity is completely 100% tied up in who you are, Lord. That's where we find our identity. We are who you say we are. You're a good, good father, and we are loved by you. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you'll be with us this morning as we delve into your word. May you be glorified. And may our hearts be enriched by hearing from you and about you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Uh, I want to add my word of thanks to those of you who worked in Vacation Bible School. We had a great week this week. Thank you to those who some guys and well, ladies took vacation uh, to work in Vacation Bible School. Some of you didn't get hot suppers because your spouse was working in vacation. Thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, we had uh, 427 People registered, that's 116 workers, 311 children and middle schoolers. We praise God for each of them. On Wednesday, I shared the plan of salvation with the third through fifth graders. We had 26 children respond to that invitation. 16 of them were first-time decisions to accept Christ as Savior. Others came in rededication, or some were not quite ready. We uh, count each of those a great honor and a privilege to share with them uh, so we're just, uh, we praise God for the investment in the lives of children and middle schoolers uh, this week. I want to share something that's important in the life of our church with you. Next Sunday, we will vote on a deacon council and nominate new deacons. That's a very important process in our church of leadership. If you haven't already, I'm asking you to write yourself a reminder now or get that bulletin out to remind you that this week, spend some prayerful time thinking about that. You'll need to go to our church newsletter to get the full ballot to see who's eligible to be voted on by our deacon council and, and to see the instructions about nominating new deacons. So you, can, you should get our newsletter if you're a member of our church or you can get it at the Welcome Center. You can look at it online. You can look at it on our church app. 
but you'll need to go to our church newsletter sometime this week. If you haven't already done that, spend a few moments in prayerful time because if you just do it when you show up a Sunday, you won't be at your best. You won't be used of the Holy Spirit to the full effect. So you'll need to think about who you're going to elect five people to our deacon council. And if there are new there are men who are qualified to be new deacons. Maybe you need to read 1 Timothy 3 again this week that has the qualifications for deacons, and you'll have the opportunity to nominate them. So please, church members, spend some time in that uh, this week and be ready to do that next Sunday. Uh, Wednesday begins our outdoor worship services on Wednesday night this summer. So on Wednesdays this summer... We're not usually going to be doing anything in our building. We're going to be outside in the rear parking lot, bring a lawn chair, invite friends. Maybe you got somebody that just doesn't come into church buildings. They might go to a parking lot. Last Wednesday, uh, 35 of our church members, we visited 91 homes in the neighborhoods behind our parking and gave them a bag of Oreos and an invitation to uh, our outdoor services so we hope some of our neighbors will come we hope you'll come there'll be music be preaching be a testimony every Wednesday night be a fellowship event afterwards every Wednesday night this week we have free popsicles and gelato ice cream you can buy that's the combo this week you know Uh, so there'll be an ice cream cart there and we'll have popsicles so it'll be something every Wednesday night and so that's at 6 30 this Wednesday hope you'll come Great time of fellowship and in the Word together. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday. When we baptize people in our church, we ask them before they're baptized to confess, to say out loud, to declare, Jesus is Lord. Next Sunday, we're going to have baptism in our morning services. If you are ready to confess, Jesus is Lord, then you can be baptized next Sunday. See me at the Welcome Center Uh, after our service today, and we will plan for that uh, next Sunday. Now, why do we have people confess that? That is a confession that's found three times in Scripture, and we think came from the early baptism services. We think first century Christians, that they confess that, and Scripture's recording that confession. One of those places where it is found is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So there's that confession, Jesus is Lord. Salvation is both an inner belief and an outer declaration. To become a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you must believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. There has to be an inner change, an inner commitment to Christ, and there must be a public outer confession, unashamed, Jesus is Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to confess Jesus is Lord? Today I want to talk to you about the word Lord. I want to do a word study on the word Lord. What does it mean for me to say Jesus is Lord? Well, it means two things that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, when you confess Jesus is Lord, you are saying Jesus is boss. Or if you're from the rural south like I am, Jesus is boss. Boss or boss, whatever you say it, that's what it means. Jesus is boss of my life. The word Lord literally means... um, to be under the authority of. And so when you're saying Jesus is Lord, you're saying I'm under his authority. And so I submit to him, I'm obedient to him. He's in charge now. About the only way that this word Lord is still preserved in our English language is in the term landlord. If you rent, you probably have a landlord. That person is over the land or the apartment or whatever that you rent from him or her. And so you submit to them in terms of that property. You can't just go tearing out walls without their permission, can you? You have to ask your landlord because they're Lord over that. Well, Jesus is life Lord. When you're confessing, That Jesus is Lord, you're saying he's my life, Lord. He's over my life, 
and I'm under his authority, and I submit to him. And so this is a change in the way you're going to live when you confess Jesus as Lord, because from this point on, I'm not the boss of my life. Jesus is the boss of my life, and I'm going to follow his commands. Sometimes people talk about, I'm going to let Jesus be Lord, or I'm going to make Jesus Lord. Technically, that's not correct. It's okay to say that. I know what you mean. But really, Jesus is already Lord. You don't let him be Lord. You don't make him Lord. He is Lord. You're acknowledging that or confessing that. Let me show it to you in Scripture. Scripture tells us that because of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, because of those that God has given him the name of Lord of all. Let me show you two in Scripture. Here's the second place in Scripture where Jesus is Lord occurs. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God highly exalted him. So the verses right before this talk about Jesus' submission to the cross, his death on the cross, his humiliation. Because of his obedience and submission to God the Father, therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is of Above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, because of his humiliation and his death and his resurrection and ascension, God therefore has exalted him to the highest place. He's over all. He's boss of all. He's Lord of all. And uh, every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Let me show you another place where it shows as a result of his resurrection, he is now Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 22. <coughs> he, that is God, raised Christ from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. So whatever power there is, spiritual powers like angels or demons, whatever power or authority or dominion, you hear all these words he's using there, that he is above those, not only in the present, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head of everything for the church. So everything has been placed under the feet of Jesus. Somebody said one time, I don't know who first said it, things over my head are under his feet. Don't you like that? Aren't you glad? There's some things that are over my head that I don't understand, but things over my head are under his feet because he's Lord. So God has given him that place because of his resurrection, his ascension, that he is Lord. So he's already boss of everything. The problem is that all of the universe is not recognizing his lordship yet. Part of the universe is in rebellion against the rightful authority of Jesus Christ. There are are fallen angels, demons that are in rebellion, and we humans have all rebelled against his lordship. The Bible says all of us have gone astray, each to his own way, and so We've all rebelled against that. So to become a Christian is to voluntarily now acknowledge, yes, he is the boss. He is Lord. It is to voluntarily submit to that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 25 and 26, it says, He must reign until all enemies are under his feet. Now, positionally, we saw in Ephesians, everything is already under his feet. But some stuff doesn't want to acknowledge that. Maybe you haven't wanted to acknowledge that. And so we're squirming out and we're in rebellion, in revolution. But he will reign until all enemies are under his feet. And the next verse says, and the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. And so to become a Christian is to now voluntarily. One day every knee is going to bow and confess. But those who voluntarily confess now are followers of Christ and share in his inheritance And so it is to confess that he is Lord. So when you confess Jesus is Lord, you're saying, I'm going to obey this book. I'm going to follow this Lord. He's he's going to be boss of my life. So that works out into every area of your life. Every part of your life needs to be under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so when you become a Christian and confess that, you begin to bring everything in your life under the Lordship of Christ. That's the process of sanctification. That's a part of your salvation of Christian growth. 
Now I've confessed that Jesus is Lord. Now every part of my life is going to come under his lordship. I'll give you just two examples of details of your life from Scripture that need to come under the lordship of Christ. There are many others. I'll just give you two. First of all, your work. So your work, your job, your occupation, your career comes under the lordship of the Christ. In Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You hear the lordship of Christ there extending over your work? So it changes the way you work when you confess Jesus is Lord because he's boss now and I'm going to work for him because everything is under him and I'm under him now. And so I'm not just working for that old company that I hate their policies and their, all their HR and all their stuff. I'm not working for them. It's going to change the attitude of my work because I'm working for the Lord. So you work for the Lord. I'll give you one other example from Scripture of how the Lordship of Christ must extend in your sanctification to every area of your life, and you have to bring all of your life under the Lordship of Christ, your marriage. Verse from uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 39. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. So in this section, Paul is talking about widows and can they remarry? And Paul says to them, yes, you're, you're bound to your husband till death do you part. And when, but if he were to die, you're free to marry anyone you can get to marry you. As long as he is, it literally says, the Greek says, in the Lord. If he's in the Lord, or NIV translates it that he must belong to the Lord. So you see how the lordship of Christ must extend over every decision you make about who you're going to marry and whether you should marry. And my marriage must be under the lordship of Christ. And that's the process of when I make that declaration that I'm going to work. It's not going to be instantly everything, but I'm in my sanctification. I'm seeking to gather all my life in submission, obedience, to the Lordship of Christ. So, the first thing that it means when you confess Jesus is Lord is that he's boss. Now, there's a second thing that it means, and it means that Jesus is God. Now, follow me here a little bit, because this is a little bit, a little bit dense, but follow me so that you can, you can get this if you don't already know this. To understand why it means Jesus is God when we say Jesus is Lord, we need to learn two Hebrew words, okay? So let's put them up here on the screen and we can learn them together. The first Hebrew word, the Old Testament, was written in Hebrew. So the first part of our Bible, the Old Testament, written in the language of Hebrew. And so these are two Old Testament words. The first one we want to learn is Adonai, A-D-O-N-A-I, Adonai. And it, mean, it, is, it means just what we've been learning, boss, master. And it is translated in our Bibles, capital L, little o-r-d. Okay? There's a second word, Hebrew word in the Old Testament, Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of God that God revealed to us. This is his name. But the Jews would not say the name Yahweh. Out of great reverence and respect, fear of the Lord, they did not pronounce this name. So when they're reading Scripture, reading the Old Testament, and they come to the word Yahweh, they substitute Adonai. So they're reading along, and it says the word Yahweh, and they're not going to say that, so they substitute the word Adonai. So the name of God came to be translated as Lord also. So in your Bible, you'll distinguish these two because Yahweh is translated capital O, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. This was in the King James Version, and all modern translations uh, have followed this pattern. So no matter what translation of the Bible you're using, in the Old Testament, you'll see these two. Now let me show it to you. In uh, Exodus chapter 3 is where we get the revelation of God's name being Yahweh. You may know the story that God had sent Moses to Egypt to bring his people out of slavery. 
And Moses said, oh man, what authority do I have to do that? Suppose, Exodus 3.13, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask, what's his name? Then what am I going to tell them? What's my authority? Who am I to tell them this? And God says in the next verse, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And the word I am translates a word very similar to Yahweh. And the next verse says, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, so here's where we get it, the Lord. And do you see how that's in all capital letters there? When you see that in your Bible, you know that it's translating the word Yahweh. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. So let me show you a verse in Scripture, if you're not familiar with this yet, where you can see both of these translations side by side. There are many, many times. I'll just pick out one of them, Psalm 8.1. Let's look at Psalm 8.1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory in the heavens. So there side by side are these two words, and you can see how they appear differently in your Bible. Lord, he's calling on the name of God, Yahweh, our Lord. That's the word Adonai that means boss or master. So he's saying, Yahweh, your boss. Yahweh, our master. How majestic is your name. You see it? So you, when you read your Old Testament, you'll see these. There are 6,000 times the word Yahweh occurs. 500 times the word Lord uh, Adonai occurs. And you'll see them. Okay? So, you got two, so we get to the New Testament. Written in Greek, there's only one word for Lord. So when it says Jesus is Lord... What does it mean? Which one of these is it referring to? It's both. So this one word, Lord, represents both Yahweh and Adonai. He's God and he's Lord. Let me read to you from Acts chapter 2. Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. After Jesus had ascended to heaven, God sent the Holy Spirit down as he'd promised the people, fire descended on them. They spoke in tongues. People said, what in the world is going on? Peter stood up and said, let me tell you what it is. And Peter is telling them that Jesus is Lord. And he means both of these things. Let me read to you Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man. They knew he was a man. They'd seen him. They'd heard him preach. But Peter's about to tell them he's a man, yes, but he's more than a man. He's about to tell them he's God. He is Yahweh. He's God. Let me show it to you. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, signs, wonders, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said this about him. I saw the Lord captain. And it's, you look at that verse up in your Old Testament, in your Bible, and it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. So Peter is taking one of those Old Testament verses that have the word Yahweh and saying, this is Jesus. David said this about him. This is Jesus. He is Yahweh the Lord. Yes, he's boss, but he's even more than that. He is the one true living God. This man that you killed was God in the flesh. And he goes on, let me read to you a little bit more. I'll pick up in verse 32. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He's received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord, Adonai, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Jesus is the eternal God, Yahweh. Jesus is the one that by virtue of his resurrection has been exalted as boss over all the, the world. He is Lord. And when you confess that, you're submitting to and acknowledging Jesus, the one true living God, the eternal one. Jesus is now boss of my life. So, I like low-tech visual aids every once in a while. 
Have you noticed that these young preachers have picked up on these low-tech visual aids? Have, have you noticed that lately? They got rocks and they got basketballs. I, I, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and I, I'm, I'm very flattered then. So I have an umbrella, and I got some uh, folks helping me, so if they'll make their way down here to the, and go ahead and take your positions here. So I've got an umbrella. Some people think it's bad luck to open an umbrella in church. I don't believe in luck. I believe in Jesus, right? So I'm going to open this umbrella. And these uh, young ladies that are coming to help me are part of our VBS music team this week. Um, There are also two guys, and they are gone. They are going on vacation or something. Uh, Karen and Connor are not here, but I appreciate these helping me. Jackson and Eden and McKenna, uh, they led our our music every day. And uh, so I got them working one more time uh, today, helping me to, we're just going to recap. I'm not going to share with you anything new. We're going to recap what we've already said about the Lordship of Christ and try to illustrate it to you, okay? So we're going to let this umbrella represent the Lordship of Christ. Because by virtue of his resurrection, Jesus is over all, right? He is Lord of all. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord over all. But what have we done? We've all rejected his lordship. And we said, I don't need your protection. I I can do well on my own. I'm my own guy. I'm going to live my life my way And we have spurned the umbrella of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So to become a Christian is to admit that we're wrong. I did need God after all. I'm not as good out here in the elements as I thought I would be. And I want to confess that Jesus is Lord. I come under his authority. I submit to him. I do need him. And Jesus says, I'll be your shield to to protect you from the sun by day and the moon by night. I will be your protector. And so now I'm submitting to Jesus. I'm under his lordship. That's what it means to become a Christian. I confess Jesus is Lord. But it doesn't stop there in baptism with your confession. Now in the process of sanctification, you're going to seek to bring all of your life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So, it extends to my money. And so I got to bring my money under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So money come under money come under the lordship. <laughs> is your is your money sometimes seem to have a mind of its own? Is your money ever reluctant to come under the lordship of Christ? But uh, it means not just I'm going to give money back to God, but how I spend all my money now, it's under the Lordship of Christ, right? And then I say to my relationships. Now, with my boyfriend or my wife or whatever, my, uh, relationships, relationships come under. Re, do you ever wonder where your relationships are going? <laughs> do you? But our relationships have to come under the Lordship of Christ. It's going to change the way you relate to your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's going to change who you marry. We saw that in Scripture. It's going to change how you treat your husband or your wife. Your relationship's going to change. And then my mouth. And I bring my speech and my words under the Lordship of Christ. And so... Mouth, get back over here. (laughs) Do you ever have trouble with your mouth? I have trouble with my mouth. Do you ever have trouble with yours? So, my mouth. (laughs) Even after you're a Christian, sometimes do you you struggle with some of the things you say? Do you have to keep recalling? Mouth, get back over here. Do you have to keep recalling your mouth back under the Lordship of Christ? So, That's a process of sanctification, so let's go that way. So as we move through life, as I move through life, I'm taking with me. I'm I'm taking with me. Taking. And even after you're a Christian, some things are going to lag behind a little bit in your life, aren't they? Come on. Come on, money. Get back under here. And as you move through life, it's going to be a continual process, isn't it, of asserting I'm in submission 
to the Lord because Jesus is Lord. Would you give these young ladies a hand? Thank them for helping me. Thank you, ladies. Great job. So what about you? Are you ready to confess Jesus is Lord? Maybe you've never made that confession, and today you could say Jesus is Lord. You could practice for baptism next week or whenever you want to be baptized. Meet me at the Welcome Center, and if you'd come and and share with me, I'm ready to, I've been away from God. I thought I could do it on my own. I want to confess Jesus is Lord. doesn't end there. Maybe today some of your life has been sort of not all under the Lordship of Christ, and you need to just say that again today. It's been 20 years since you were baptized. It's not a one-and-done thing. Would you say again today, Jesus is Lord, and I will work to bring all of my life under his rightful authority? If you'd say it for the first time or the hundredth time, and you really mean it, I'm going to invite you to say it right now out out loud together with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. If you want to share that, I'll be at the Welcome Center after our service. You want to join our church. You want to be baptized next week. You want to talk about Lordship of Christ. I hope you'll come see me. I'll be there right after our closing. Thank you. Andy a while ago, but I didn't mention my wife, Susan, who's over on the piano. She's way over there. She's hiding. Uh, but uh, it's fun because uh, I, every so often when we do this song, I get her to play an instrument uh, called a melodica. And uh, this is probably something you may or may not have ever seen. It's, it's a little instrument that you actually blow into, but it has a keyboard. And so she says after she plays it, she's dizzy. So, <clears throat> but this is a, I love this song. It's a little older song, but uh, still bears truth, uh, no matter how, how old it is. And that is that he knows my name. Isn't that amazing? The Lord uh, Yahweh and Lord Adonai, he knows my name. And that amazes me that the God of the universe knows my name. See 
falls and hears me when I call. Will you stand and let's sing it together? He knows my name. Yes, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. And hears me when I call. And hears me when I call. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of quick reminders. Remember, tonight is our VBS family night, so be here at 6 o'clock for that. It'll take place right here in this room, and so be here for that. Some of your kids may need to be here earlier, so check with them. Is that correct, Todd, if they're in the play or part of things? They, need, they may. Yeah, the play, the, the, most of the, yeah, all the kids need to be here at 515. There you go, 5.15. The actors is. need to be here at 4. But. Also, remember the Wednesday night services. They begin this Wednesday night outside. They're rain or shine, though, so if it's raining, we're going to just be downstairs there in the gym. Uh, bring a, a lawn chair if we're going to be outside. That'll make uh, your bum feel more comfortable. It's not going to be nice to sit on the pavement. And so, um, you know, bring a lawn chair. That'll, that'll help out. And don't forget about the, the fellowship activities that follow after that. Remember our deacon election stuff. Be intentional about that. Go and look that up. Be prayerful about that. And also, um, as you're exiting, we have the opportunity to give. And those boxes are on the back wall there here in the worship center. And so you can give on your way out uh, your tithes and your offerings. Let me close this out in prayer. And uh, if you need to see Dr. Cox, he's there at the welcome desk down to your left as you're exiting the doors. Father God, we thank you that you know our name that you know our every need, that you are with us, that you're the uh, Lord over our lives. And so we just prayerfully come and, and just submit to you and ask for help. It's not always easy, uh, but we ask you to help lead us uh, and direct us in life. God, send your Holy Spirit to, to convict us when we need it, to, to put us back on your path. God, to, to give us wisdom and, and to walk each day. Lord, we thank you for your love, for your grace and your goodness. And we just confess now, Jesus is Lord. Amen. He knows my name. lost him was he in the house keith i mean eric was he in the was he in the house we lost him up here hey play something now i hear him was did something change or did you turn him up into monitor <laughs> 